Bibles real quickly. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter number 22. I don't want to waste any time because I got a lot I want to say. And, and so, so please, please just, just bear with me and listen fast. Uh, I'm going to cover a lot of material and I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say this ahead of time. I'm going to go ahead and say this ahead of time. Some of this is going to be hard to hear. And, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to apologize. I'm going to apologize if I don't say it right, but I'm not going to apologize for what I'm going to say. And so, so if, if it don't come out right, just take the knowledge and the wisdom and, and, and the information and forget about the presentation because I mean well. Uh, but this is, this is so, so important today. Uh, I, I, we, you know where we're at. We're dealing with bullying, bullying. And I'll be honest with you, as I was studying and preparing for, for dealing with the parents today, I've seen so many places and so many areas where I failed. And uh, uh, Brother Mickle, will you grab my glasses right there on that pew, <clears throat> if you don't care? And places where I dropped the ball and I, I could have done better and I should have done better. Thank you, sir. Uh, and, and so here's what I, I, here's what I need you to do. I don't need you to get a guilt trip today. This is not about a guilt trip. This is not about, you know, feeling woe is me. This is okay. That's where I messed up. This is where I need to apply some attention. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And this is really, really going to help. This is really, really going to help those with little people, very little people, because you got to start when they're, when they first start breathing. You, you can't wait till they're a teenager till you start trying to do what you need to do. Now, if they're there already, we got to do what we got to do. And, and you say, well, your kids are all grown and gone, but little Carter ain't. Little Petey Mac ain't. Matter of fact, he ain't even here yet. So I'm going to be hitting the ground running when he does. Okay, so, so, so keep in mind, look at your neighbor and say, this ain't about a guilt trip. It's about improving the future. We, we are all a product of parenting. We all are, good or bad. We're a product, some people, you know, they use a phrase here in the South, you're a product of your raising. We are a product of parenting. Now, but somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, if it was poor parenting, we need to break the cycle. We usually do what was done to us. We usually lead the way we were led. We usually love the way we were loved. We speak the love language that we heard growing up. But if it's not conducive to strong children, we got to break it. We got to stop it. And if you're with me, say amen. amen. Proverbs chapter number 22 and verse number six, one single verse. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to stray. That doesn't mean he's not going to make mistakes. That doesn't mean he's not going to drift. It's going to mean, this is what it means. This is what that verse means. I've heard people say, well, you didn't train him right. That's why they're not in church. No, 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 no. That's not what that means. It means if you train him in the way they should go, they won't be able to shake it. They may get to the far country in the hog pen, but they'll never forget about the father's house. Are y'all with me? So let's, let's pray. Whew, I feel a little God right there. Amen. What's that first word? Everybody. Train. Now let's read this together. Train up a child in the way he should go. Say that again. Dear Heavenly Father, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, how to do this. I pray that you'll give us strength and give us wisdom. Give us, give us a, an ability to retain this morning. I pray your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Real quickly, <clears throat> real quickly, before we get into how are we going to help those of our children who are being bullied, here, here's, here's what I want to do. I want to talk to two sets of parents today. Uh, I want to talk to the parents of those being bullied, and I want to talk to the parents of those who are raising bullies. You, you may not even realize it. You may unknowingly be encouraging bullying your child. This is by Ashley Trexler, and man, this was some good stuff. 
How, how can we, what do we got to do to raise a bully? First of all, number one, and I'm going to say, I'm going to go through this quick. You don't have this in your notes. I just got this and I'm going to just throw it to you. The first thing we can do if we want to raise a bully is gossip at home. Gossiping. She writes this, want to raise a mean girl? Act like one. If you wouldn't include your child in a conversation, you shouldn't have it within earshot of them. Kids hear everything. She said, the first time my daughter got a hold of my phone to mimic me was truly eye-opening. My little cutie pie morphed into a gossip girl. Eyes wide, hand waving, hip sashaying, screeching. Wow, no, ha, ha, ha. She wasn't even two years old yet. It was sobering to see myself through the, her young eyes. Caddy comments are no better than outright bullying. It's indirect bullying, and many of us do it all the time. Where do these kids, listen, where do they feel like it's okay to talk, talk about somebody? They hear it at home. They hear it at home. Be careful when you gossip. Be careful, but you shouldn't gossip at all, but be careful to do it in front of your kids. Number two, being too busy to show you care. When was the last time you told your partner or family member that you love them in front of your kids? Now, not this. I love you, but no, just I love you. Positive displays of intimacy in the home are the basis for our kids relationships. You're busy, but a simple hug and a kiss for each family member on the way out the door in the morning is a great starter toward teaching healthy intimacy. Show them you care so they can show others they care. Number three, the I hate mines. The I hate mines. I hate my job. Those last few pounds you struggle to lose or dealing with the messy house or the frizzy hair. Your attitude reflects how you view the world. Think about that a minute. Your attitude reflects how you view the world. And when we act like we can't change the outcome, we act helpless. How you feel about life has a long lasting impact on your kids. They hear. Now watch this. This is so big. They hear their hero. That's you. They hear their hero act helpless and that will make them feel powerless too. If your kids feel powerless, they may act to reclaim that lost power through bullying behavior. Number four, the mini me syndrome, the mini me syndrome. Kids today are ever more mature at an ever younger age. Current culture Current culture encourages us to treat our kids like many adults. That's a bad move. But we forget that we are adults and most of us took decades to be able to even partially manage all this stress. And then we ain't doing it real good. Amen. Fully disclosing financial burdens, family illnesses, work issues all the time just adds additional layers to our kids stress and an outlet for stress. Bullying. Now, I'm going to tell you, you think you think they're not listening when you talk about things. I'm telling you, they hear and they feel it. If you're stressed over paying the bills, that should never even cross the mind of your child. But it will. It will. Number five. I, I'm, I'm going to just say this. I'm going to just say this. I don't even know if I'm going to say it in the next one. But I remember, I remember in the background hearing my parents talk about bills and struggling. My dad was a bivocational pastor, and it was tough. It was hard. And there were times I would not ask for lunch money. You know why? Because I, I, they're already struggling. I'm telling you, they hear it. They do not have the shoulders broad enough and strong enough to handle that. And they're going to take it out on somebody. Number five, overscheduling your kids' activities. Overscheduling your kids' activities. And I'll print these off if, you, if somebody wants these. I'll print them off for you. We are scared for our kids that they're going to be at a disadvantage if they don't participate in everything. So we rush to register them for ballet, karate, soccer, softball, whatever it may be. But the only thing they're going to miss out on if they have a slower schedule is anxiety and depression. If your child has a passion, by all means, allow them the opportunity to explore it in more depth. But kids need unstructured free time. 
playtime, creative time, quiet time. The damaging effects of full schedules are well documented. Overscheduling quickly leads to stressed kids. Stress leads to anxiety, anxiety to anger, anger to aggression, which paves the way for bullying behavior. Number six, inconsistent rule enforcement. This is huge. The last thing I want to do after a long day of pickups, drop-offs, work, and errands is deal with rule breakers, timeouts, and temper tantrums. So we choose to enforce as few rules as possible. But we enforce those few rules all the time. Inside those boundaries lies freedom. Lay the ground rules. Enforce them. Give your kids permission to be themselves when those boundaries. They'll feel a healthy sense of power and independence, and they won't feel the need to bully in an effort to regain lost power. Guys, I get it. We're gone all the time, and the first time we see our kids and they're acting like a fool, we feel guilty for correcting them. But we cannot be inconsistent. Inconsistency with rules and, and, and responsibilities is, is, a, is a huge disaster. As parents, we want our kids to grow up happy and successful. But putting happiness and success before caring is raising a generation of bullies. A recent Harvard study discovered that our kids are on to us. The majority of 10,000 kids surveyed believe that achievement and success were their parents' main priorities rather than caring for others. We have got to change that. You know your child's true personality. Deep down, you know if they're a bully or testing boundaries. Be the person your kid wants you to be so your kid can be the person you want them to be. Be careful. Little Johnny may not be all you think he is. We, every black bird thinks their bird's the blackest. We all think our kids, are, and we would never drink. No, it not, not my, be careful. Listen to administrators. Listen to teachers. Check in. Most importantly, know your kid. Know your kid. It's amazing when, when if, if, if a teacher sent home something saying I did it, my dad wouldn't go chew the teacher out. He'd beat my behind. And then he'd take me up there and make me apologize to her. My, how things have changed. Listen, let's get back to the outline. All right, here we go. Here we go. Why is this important? Why is this important? I want to read just a little information about self-esteem. Okay. Self-esteem, confidence. Do you remember what we shared with the young people this past couple weeks? That confidence was the number one weapon against bullying. The number one thing a child can have is confidence, self-esteem. Now watch this. A few things about kids with self-esteem. Kids with self-esteem feel liked and accepted. They feel confident. They feel proud of what they can do. They think good things about themselves. They believe in themselves. Now, the opposite of that is kids with low esteem. Kids with low esteem are self-critical and hard on themselves. They feel they are not as good as other kids. They think that of the times that they fail rather than when they succeed. Kids with low self-esteem lack confidence and they doubt they can do things well. Now, why does this matter? Why does this matter? Kids who feel good about themselves have the confidence to try new things. They are more likely to try their best. They feel proud of what they can do. Self-esteem helps kids cope with mistakes. It helps kids try again. Even if they fail at first, as a result, self-esteem helps kids do better at school and home and with friends. It gives them the ability to walk away when someone's talking bad about them. Because they have enough confidence in themselves to know that that's not true. But when they don't have they don't have confidence. When they don't have self-esteem, they begin to believe what the bully is saying. Listen, kids with low self-esteem feel unsure of themselves. If they think others won't accept them, they may not even try to join in. They may let others treat them poorly. They may have heard, uh, or excuse me, they may have a hard time standing up for themselves. They may give up easily or not try at all. Kids with low self-esteem find it hard to cope when they make a mistake, lose, or fail. As a result, they may not do as well as they could. Very, very important. Very, very important. Now, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse number 6, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. The word train 
The word train means to discipline, to teach, to teach, to form by practice, to educate, to educate. Psalm 78, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel. God did this, y'all. God did this. He established it. He appointed it, which he commanded our, everybody, our, that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare to them, to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Ephesians 6, 4, and ye provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up. Say that with me. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Why did I read all those verses? I want you to understand that God gave the responsibility of the children to the parents. Specifically to the fathers, but to the parents. To the parent. Not the teacher at school. Not the principal at school. Not administrators. Not the government. Not even the youth director, not even the pastor, but the parent, the parent. I'm saying this on purpose. I'm saying this on purpose because we are allowing everybody or blaming everybody for the way our kids respond today in this world. And that's not that's 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 not biblical. My child is my problem. My child is my responsibility. I brought them into this world. They're my problem. They're my responsibility. I'm responsible to take care of them. I'm responsible to feed them. I'm responsible to clothe them. You didn't bring them in here. I did. It's my problem. And when it comes to this, when it comes to their behavior, when it comes to their development, when it comes to their their benefit, This is my job. This is my job. This is your job. All right? This is very, very important. Very, very important. Train. Say that word with me. Train. Train. Say it again. Train. Train. I'm not... (coughs) Y'all know y'all got a redneck preacher, so live with it. Say amen. (laughs) I was listening listening to a a podcast of a, a, a guy in Ohio who's got a world champion... Kundo, a world champion Kundo, and 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 his name is Frogger, but spelled with P H and not F. Frogger. All right, I, I watched a video of this dog. He is incredible, incredible. This man raised this dog and trained this dog and taught this dog, and th- he made a statement. He made a statement in the middle of this podcast. I'm just enjoying coon hunting. I had no idea it was going to affect what I was fixing to tell you guys. And this is what he said. This is what he said. He said, most people, most people make a terrible, terrible mistake when it comes to their puppies. He said, they put them in a pen and they feed them and they worm them and do all of these things till they get to a certain age and think they're supposed to come out a coon dog. He said, this is what he said. He said, we get our hands on them every single day. We walk them. We pet them. We work them. We spend. Number one. Number one. God has called us to train our children. Look at me, everybody. Look at me. We're not raising kids. You raise hogs. We're to train kids. In order to train children, it requires time. It requires time. You say, oh, preacher, come on, we already know that. Let's go. No, 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 no. You don't know it because you're not doing it. We're living in a different day. We're living in, let, let, me, let me throw this at you. Let me throw this at you. I saw a meme the other day that was really, really eye-opening. Hard times, hard times develop strong men. Strong men develop easy times. 
Easy times develop weak men. Now let that sink in a minute. Now there's not a parent in here. There's not a parent in here that doesn't want better for their kids than what they had it. Do I have a witness? We want them to have better opportunities. We want them to have better situations. We want them to have better clothes. We want them to make sure they have better, whatever it is. We don't want them to have it as hard as we did. We have made a mistake. Bullies have not changed. Bullies have been here since Cain and Abel. But our parenting has changed. What do we call the greatest generation? The greatest generation. They were bold. They were strong. They were fearless. They were hard. You know why? Because they were raised in hard times. But we take more responsibility away from our kids. We take more issues away from our kids. We don't let them grow. We don't. Are y'all with me? Bullies haven't changed. Parenting has. And down through the years, we've created weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker to the point they can't handle it. The least little thing, they're struggling so bad. I'm going to tell you why. I've watched it. I've watched it. I've watched parents pick up their kids from the, 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 the daycare, go to a gym, Throw their kids in a little side daycare in the gym. Work out till dark. Run home. Put food down their throat and put them to bed. That's right. And I'm not being I'm not being mean. I told you I'm not being mean, but I got to tell the truth. We're not taking time with our kids. The greatest thing you could ever do, the most important thing you could ever do, if you want to make a drastic difference in your kid's life right now, start taking time with them. I heard something Willie G said to my son-in-law, and I'm so glad he did. He got my son-in-law before Carter was ever even born. He was, they were here visiting, and he grabbed him and looked him in the face, and he said, son, you only have 18 summers. Make them count. And we're just going, 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 going. Oh, preacher, you don't understand. We got to, we got to. No, no. Abs are not as important as your child. Well, I tell you what we, no, we've got, we've got new car payments. We've got boat payments. We've got side-by-side payments. We've got all this stuff that we've got that our parents never had till they were 60 years old. And now we got to pay for them and we got to work and we don't have time to train our children. And I'm not, listen, my wife, when our kids were real little, she stayed home with them. And we sacrificed so she could. We didn't have nothing. We worked paycheck to paycheck. And you know what? I don't regret a minute. It takes time. It takes time to do what we're talking about. And the reason I put this first on the list, this is the easiest thing you can do, but guess what? It's going to be the hardest thing that you do. Because in order to take time, you're going to have to sacrifice something else. Let's make a list. Let's go ahead and make a list, guys. On on Facebook, let's make a list. Okay, we we got to cut some things. If we're going to make some time, we got to cut some things. All right, what's the first thing that's more important in your kid? Put it that way. There ain't nothing more important than your kid. If you have to cut it, cut it. Your kid needs your time. Matter of fact, your kid needs your time more than your toys. They want to be with you. They want your, you, not your stuff. Please, it requires time. Ephesians 5, 16 says, redeeming the time. Make good use of the time is what that means. It don't waste your time. You're limited. Deuteronomy 6, watch this now. This is, this is just coming straight from God. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. 
And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine and when thou walkest by the way and when thou and when thou you know what he's saying all the time in order to be what they need to be they have to have your time training we're not raising kids we're training warriors and training number one requires time training number two requires talking it requires talking You might have to put digital equipment away. You got to sit down and talk. We're not talking anymore. There's no, there's no, there's no dinner at the table anymore. Brother Melvin was telling me about his father and his father would come in and set his lunch bucket down on the heater. Isn't that what you said? The heater, the water heater. He would go down the hallway, wash his hands, and then when he would come and sit at the table, he said, you better be at the table. And that's where they would talk about the day. I remember it was almost exactly, exactly as my father. My mom would have supper on the table, and as soon as dad, and we couldn't wait for dad to get home, that's when we could eat. And when he'd come in, same thing, go wash his hands, and we'd all sit down. And we'd all talk. That's not there anymore. We have latchkey kids that shoot up high schools. I don't blame the kids. They never had time for their kids. Listen, training requires talking. Two things. We got to go quick. It needs to be daily conversations. Daily conversations. Say it with me. What's the point? What's the point? It's in the, it's in the, come on. Consistency. Consistency. Daily conversations. And let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. This is hard. There was a time, there was a time, I told y'all, I, I looked at this and I, I cried and got convicted and tore me up studying this stuff. I, so I don't, I'm telling you, this ain't about a guilt trip. I, I, I was so bad. <laughs> Jordan did something and I had to get on to her about something one time. And, and that week was so hectic for me. I was hardly at home. When I got home, it was late, blah, 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 the whole thing. They end the week. I saw her post something on, to a friend on, on Facebook and said, well, my dad must be really mad at me. He hadn't talked to me all week. That like to killed me. And you know what? It didn't have nothing to do with the situation. As far as I was concerned, the situation was over. But I got too busy. I wasn't consistent with this. I didn't stop and make time. I was going, 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 going. But in her mind, this is where she read, he's still mad at me. It wasn't her fault. It was, it was mine. You see, just being consistent is going to be a challenge, but you got to make it because it's worth it. You got to have daily conversations. B, you got to have difficult conversations. This is rough on men because we don't like to get in our feels. We don't like to talk about feelings. We want to talk about fishing. But this is important. Research tells us that children really do look to the parents and caregivers for advice and help on tough decisions. Sometimes spending just 15 minutes a day talking can reassure kids. Watch this now. Watch this. Can reassure kids that they can talk. They can. Underline they can. Well, you can. Just circle it. That they can talk to their parents if they have a problem. Here's what happens. When they're growing up, when they're growing up, they go through that state. Hey, 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 hey. You're trying to fix something. Hey, hey, daddy, 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 daddy. Hey, hey, look at what, 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 what? And they're asking all these questions and they're talking. You just want to glue them shut. <laughs> I'm busy. Go ask your mother. <laughs> and what do we do? We teach them we don't have time for it. And that, that we don't want to hear what they got to say. And then, then when we need them to talk to us, they won't. 
Y'all with me? I'm not guilt tripping anybody. I'm confessing all my sins. There, there needs to be there needs to be a mandate federal class for every parent before you can have a child. Because I sure wish somebody would have told me this stuff before I started this journey. So don't be mad at me. I'm trying to help you. I, it, when I was reading this, it just dawned on me why my Aunt Jan in, in Okeechobee, Florida, was my favorite aunt of all time. I always thought it was because of the fishing. Because she's a commercial fisherman on Okeechobee Lake. She's 6'1". She can whip any man in this room right now. And she's in her 60s. I always thought it was the fishing. But when I was, do, when I was reading it, you know what I remembered? Any question I had, she would sit down and talk to me about it. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean to my parents, but we are parents and we just... Go away. I'm busy. Go. She never one time said she was too busy. And she would sit down and talk to us and have a conversation. Every single time. That's. <laughs> all right. All right. Start conversations about daily life. Let me give you some questions you can ask them. Start conversations about daily life and feelings with questions like these. Number one, what was one good thing that happened today? Any bad things? See, what do you got to do? You got to be specific. You can't just say, how'd it go? Uh Uh-huh. Right? You got to ask them specific questions that makes them give you a specific answer. Are y'all with me? What What one good thing happened today? Any bad things happened today? What is lunchtime like at your school? Who do you sit with? What do you talk about? What is it like to ride the school bus? You say, oh, my kids, they're not going to talk about that. I guarantee you, if you look them dead in the eye like you really are interested in it, they'll be more prone to talk to you. Not like you want to rush this through because you got other things to do. You don't have anything in your life going on right now that's more important than your children. Talk to them. Listen. Talking about bullying directly, directly, is an important step in understanding how the issue might be affecting kids. There's no right or wrong answers to these questions, but it is important to encourage your kids to answer them honestly. This is one of the most important things, guys. Watch this now. Assure kids that they are not... Do you want me to tell you why kids are taking their own lives? Because they feel alone. They feel they're alone. And they're helpless. But we have to help our kids understand you're not alone in this deal. Amen? Assure kids that they are not alone in addressing any problems that arise. Start conversations about bullying with questions like these. What does bullying mean to you? Describe what kids who bully are like. Why do you think people bully? Who are the adults? This is important. Put a star beside this. Who are the adults you trust most when it comes to things like bullying? You may be surprised at their answer. What ways have you tried to change it? What do you think parents can do to help stop bullying? That's an important question. What do you usually do when you see bullying going on? Do you ever see kids at your school being bullied by other kids? How does it make you feel? Ask questions. Ask questions. Talk. Even if it's uncomfortable, talk. Even if you don't like their answers. And let me say this again. Let me say, everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody, 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 everybody. Please do not make this mistake. Please do not make this terrible, 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 life-changing mistake. Brother Scott, back me up on this. When they finally do open up and are willing to talk to you, don't get defensive. If they say how they feel about something you're doing or responding, don't get defensive because all that's going to do is shut it off. Suck it up. Swallow your tongue and say, okay, I'm going to work on that. 
Now, see, a lot of us, a lot of us, this is a problem. Because we're prideful. Bless God, they need. To... You go ahead and keep that attitude. You know what creates healthy conversation? The ability to conversate. Don't dismiss their feelings. Oh, but they're just kids. How many of y'all have ever heard of puppy love? Come on, raise your hand. It's all right. Y'all heard of puppy love? Oh, it's not real. It is to the puppy. All right. Anyway, let's hurry. Y'all, boy, I'm getting some looks. Woo, have mercy. All right, we're talking about training, training warriors. Number one, training requires. Come on, everybody. I got to hurry. Training requires. Number two, training requires. Number three, training requires teaching. Teaching. We got to teach them some stuff. Whose responsibility is this? The parent. Not the school. Not the church. The parent. Okay? First of all, write this down. A, we need to teach them problem-solving skills. This is huge. Problem-solving skills. Yeah. Why? Because they need to learn how to solve problems on their own. But they don't have that in them when they arrive in this world. And what happens? We tell them to do something. We try to, in in about five seconds, we get frustrated. I'll just do it. No. Teach them problem solving. Because when they learn how to solve a problem, it develops confidence. Come on, say it with me. It develops. I've been, I've been places. I've been places with Willie G. I know he don't look like much. But if you get to know him, he's a regular MacGyver. He's been around the world. I mean, seriously, he's been around the world all over the place. He knows how to do stuff. He's got, he's got a Franken splitter at his house. And if you don't know what a Franken splitter is, it's a big souped up wood, wood splitter that splits trees, not little pieces of log. And it looks like Frankenstein. I mean, it's got things welded all to pieces, but it, it lifts the log and sets the log and moves the log, cuts the log, sets the log. It's amazing. And you know what I found? You know what I found? I was overseas. I was overseas with Willie one time. And I found out that I had a little more confidence because I was with somebody that's been overseas that knew how to do stuff. Y'all think I'm making this stuff up? But I'm telling you, if your kids know how to solve problems, maybe they can't, they can't automatically know how to fix a certain situation, but they know how to develop a way to fix it. Brother Willie was telling me about a situation with a young man. He said, I need you to take the, this, this panel off and do the, and, and, and he got frustrated because he couldn't get the one screw out and he quit. You see, you see where I'm going with this? You, you know why many of our children, they don't have just regular problem solving skills. They don't have relational skills because we haven't taught them. And you know why we haven't taught them? Because we haven't taken the we got to teach them, teach them how, teach them how to change the oil, teach them how to change the tire, teach them how to cook rice, boys, teach them boys how to cook rice. They may be single one day. Hello. The more knowledge they have, the more ability they have to solve problems, the more what they're going to have? Confidence. Confidence. All right, watch this. This is huge. Not just problem solving skills, but self-regulation. Mercy, I got to hurry. Self-regulation. Oh, my kids have self-control. Self-control and self-regulation is not the same thing. 
Self-control, you can teach your kids self-control and they just bottle everything up and they don't explode right then at the moment. But that's not good. Watch this. Self-regulation, in short, is the ability to manage, say that with me, the ability to manage your emotions, behavior, body movements, when faced with challenges or triggering situations, managing it, not bottling it up, not just... Though the concepts sound familiar, self-regulation and self-control are not the same things. Related? Yes. Interchangeable? No. Self-control is primarily a social skill used to keep, say that with me, used to keep emotions, behaviors, and impulses in check. But self-regulation involves, say it with me, managing these challenges while continuing to pay attention to what is going on around us. I was, I, I got to tell on her, I hope she ain't here. One of my girls, one of my girls got home. Tammy said, Tammy said, hey, uh, one of my girls put oil in her car and it just poured out on the ground. I'm like, boy, that's a serious leak. And so, and so. Drove it to church anyway. And so after work, I went out there to check it and it was only half a quart low. I said, what happened? I said, what, what do you, what do you mean it poured out on the ground? Well, I said, let me look at it. Pop the hood, pop the hood. Well, the old cap, the old cap goes on a piece. that's like, it's, it's, it's like an extension that gets down to the motor because there's a plate and, and, and that old cap was so tight when she turned it, the whole extension come out. And so she did. And most of the oil missed the whole hole and poured out on the ground. Well, I was looking at it. I said, okay, here, I see the problem. Here's what the deal is. I put it back down there. And, 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 and I said, all right, now, now show me you can do it. And, 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 and she went, uh, oh, slow down. Take a deep breath. Stop a minute. If you're getting frustrated, just stop a minute, take a deep breath. You can fix anything if you just take your time and think about it. Well, she, I said, put your finger right here, hold this, turn this right, and okay. And I was telling her mama, and her mama started looking at me. Y'all know what she was thinking. She got it from you! And you know what? <laughs> she did. I can't tell you how many times I just. All these people that love putting together ceiling fans and little stuff and all that. You're freaks of nature. I'm sorry. I'm not sure that had the Holy Ghost on it. Amen. <laughs> Let's move along. How many of y'all, how many of y'all, you, you, you got to say, oh boy, when you see you in them. And you got to say, hey, teach them. Self-regulation. Say, preacher, how can I get more information? Google it. <clears throat> All right. Let me do this real quick. We got 37 seconds. It's not going to work, but we're going we're gonna to go. We're, we got to get this. Let me give you some real quick steps in building confidence in your kids. Confidence and self-esteem. All right. Number one, real quick, write it down. Model confidence yourself. Model confidence yourself. Even if you're not quite feeling it, seeing you tackle new tasks with optimism. Say that with me. Tackle it with optimism and lots of preparation sets a good example for kids. That doesn't mean you have to pretend to be perfect. Do acknowledge your anxiety, but don't focus on it. Focus on the positive. Say it with me. Focus on the things you are doing to get ready. Number two, don't get upset about mistakes. Don't get upset about mistakes. You remember, you remember what I said? We're a product of our parenting. And, and some of our parents were very short-tempered with us. If you spilt your glass of tea at the table, you'd get a whooping. We got to stop that. We got to change that. 
that kind of, I'm not against whoopings. But whooping should all, always only be for outright rebellion, not a mistake. Be careful. Don't get upset about mistakes. Help kids see that everyone makes mistakes. And the important thing is to learn from them, not dwell on them. Confident people don't let fear of failure get in their way. Not because they're sure they won't ever fail, but because they know how to take setbacks in stride. Kenzie was, Kenzie was so nervous about taking a shot because she didn't want to miss. And, and one of her little, one of her little uh, coaches, she said to Kenzie, Kenzie, you'll miss every one you don't try. Are y'all with me? And she started trying and she started hitting them. And when that happened, guess what? Build up. Confidence. Model confidence yourself. Don't get upset about mistakes. Number three, encourage them to try new things. What are we doing? We're building confidence in our kids because we want them to be confident when they go to school. So when the bully runs his mouth, they're confident enough to let it go through one ear and out the other. Encourage them to try new things instead of focusing all their energy on what they already excel at. It's good for kids to diversify. Attaining a new skill makes kids feel capable and confident that they can tackle whatever comes their way. Number four, quickly, allow kids to fail. Allow kids to fail. It's natural to want to protect your child from failure, but trial and error is how kids learn. I can't tell you how many times I've watched Carter try to start walking and fall, start walking and fall. And I want And Jordan had to say, leave him alone. But it's our nature, right? Listen, how, that's how they learn. That's how they develop. That's how they get stronger. Listen, every falling short on goals, or excuse me, uh, trial and error is how kids learn and falling short on a goal helps kids find out that it's not fatal. That's so good. It helps kids find out that it's not fatal. Let me, let me put it this way. If every time they lose a game, you blame the refs, you're not helping your kid. Anyway, it can also spur kids to greater effort, which will serve them well as adults. Number five, praise, praise, perseverance. Praise, perseverance, learning not to give up at the first frustration or bail after one setback is an important life skill. Confidence and self-esteem are not about succeeding at everything all the time. They're about being resilient enough to keep trying. Say that with me, enough to keep and not being distressed if you're not the best. Number six, help kids find their passion. This is huge. Help kids find their passion. Exploring their own interests can help kids develop a sense of identity, which is essential to building confidence. Of course, seeing their talents grow will also give a huge boost to their self-esteem. Do you remember Michael Phelps? Turned in one of the greatest Olympians that, that America has ever had. He was bullied mercilessly, so he started swimming. He found something to be passionate about and good about and it built confidence to the point. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Number seven, set goals. Set goals, articulating goals, large and small, achieving them makes kids feel strong. Help your child turn desires and dreams into actionable goals by encouraging them to make a list of things they would like to accomplish. Then practice breaking down longer term goals into realistic benchmarks. You'll be validating their interests and help them learn the skills they need to attain their goals throughout life. Number eight, celebrate effort. Say it with me, celebrate so there's going to be two things. We praise perseverance and we celebrate effort. Praising kids for their accomplishment is great, but it's also important to let them know you're proud of their effort, regardless of the outcome. It takes hard work to develop new skills and results are, aren't always immediate. Let kids know you're va you value the work they're doing, whether they're toddlers building with blocks or teenagers teaching themselves to play the guitar or learning how to play the trumpet at home. Say amen. Number nine, this is big. Expect them to pitch in. Don't be folding clothes, washing dishes, setting the table while your kid's sitting there playing on the video game. If you want to develop a little weak-minded person that's going to get bullied all his life, don't make him ever do anything. Make him work. Make him serve. Make him help. Make them be a part. 
They might complain, but kids feel more connected and valued when they are counted on to do age-appropriate jobs, from picking up toys to doing dishes to picking up younger siblings from a play date. Homework and after-school activities are great, but being needed by your family is invaluable. Being needed by your family is invaluable. It builds their confidence and self-esteem. Number 10, embrace imperfection. Embrace imperfection. As grown-ups, we know perfection is unrealistic, and it's important for kids to get that message as early as possible. Help kids see that whether it's on TV, in a magazine, or on a friend's social media feed, the idea that others are always happy, successful, and perfectly dressed is a fantasy and a destructive one. Instead, remind them that being less than perfect is human and totally okay. I cannot, I cannot, I don't even understand how I see some people on Facebook and then I see them in person. I'm like, that's not what's on Facebook. I, I don't know what program y'all using, but it's whoo. We got to quit that. We know it's not real. But boy, them kids don't. Number 11, set them up for success. This is big. Set them up for success. Put them in situations where they can find success. Challenges are good for kids, but they should also have opportunities where they can be sure to find success. Help your child get involved with activities that make him feel comfortable and confident enough to tackle a bigger challenge. Most importantly, number 12, show your love. Let your child know that you love them no matter what. Win or lose the big game. Good grades are bad, even when you're mad at them. Make sure your child knows what you think that they or make sure your child knows that you think they are great. And not just when they do uh, uh, they do great things. This will bolster their self worth, even when they're not feeling good about themselves.